Hey, thank you for joining me again for this uh, season post-season review. Um, I do have to say thank you for your hospitality over the championship weekend. Um, great catching up to, with you in person. Incredible, incredible location for for games and your facilities are are, are top notch. But um, but thanks thanks for doing this today. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you you having me, and it was good to meet you in person as well. I'm glad you can make it down and see the event and uh, see our facilities as well. So you know, yeah. proud and pleased uh, for the opportunity for anybody to see them. I uh, I have to say my favorite vantage point to watch the game were those Adirondack chairs at the one end on the hill and you're overlooking that was sharp that was sharp um, that's a section that's got uh, it's behind our student center so yeah. you, can, you can essentially pick up some food and sit back there yeah. so, yeah. always trying to I think they're in our attendance numbers up there, even if they are just catching, you know, catching dinner um, afterwards. I think they count. Anybody, yeah. you're right. They can see the game. Sure. Um, hey, um, let you know. Let's just run right into it. Get, give me a sense as to what how you thought your season went. You went ten seven and two, and we'll talk in greater detail. But like, how do you how do you think it went? How what's you know? Were you satisfied? Did were your were your expectations higher? Yeah, I mean, th this was a challenging season. I'll, I'll say it that way. And I can look at it in two ways, you know, like it, with high levels of um, kind of excitement or like, like, you know, meeting goals. And then also and then like some frustrations to the season as well. I feel like maybe I'm surprised I still got this hair on my head after this season. It was just a, it was just a challenge. Um, and uh, I feel like it aged me. I've done this a long time and this one aged me maybe more than, than others. Um, you know, as I say that we had a lot of fifth year guys come back and talented fifth year guys come back. So um, there was no, uh, certainly a high sense of like ambition, not that it's not always like that, but like a high sense of ambition as far as what the group kind of wanted to accomplish. And, uh, and just like what we expected ourselves as well, had a hard schedule, put together a purposefully a, a challenging schedule for the group. And um, and so from a, like, the, again, the, the challenges standpoint, the early goings of the season um, results wise sort of didn't cut our way. And um, from that standpoint, you know, there was there was like a lot of challenges that come along with that, as you could imagine for any program that um, if you're not catching results, it throws it throws uh, curveballs or, or, or things your way. So that part was challenging. The way our resilience was and the way that we came out of it and the way that we ended the season, I, I couldn't be more proud and pleased. And so when you look at it in those two ways, um, you know, I can I can take a tremendous amount from the season and and uh, in the way that we finished and uh, really be proud of it and, and, and to the guys credit as well I, mean, I give all the credit to them this group was the most resilient group i've seen especially given the ambitions and the expectations and sort of how we had to grind through them early to be able to run later in the season and you know the the, the gutting part at the end for us was we lose 2-1 in the conference final to WNL in a match that I think we played very well in um, and I, I think could have gone you know easily either way and i felt like we had games ahead of us in us if we can get there the problem yeah. was we just didn't do enough in the early part of the season to at large ourselves into the tournament mm -hmm. and so you know that that was a little frustrating but but overall again i think not tail two seasons but definitely challenging but then like uh, you know had some reward to it as well yeah 
That's interesting because I noticed, and we'll talk a little bit more about the statistics. One of the other things, I, I mean, I noticed so much in those things. It's remarkable. But like you went, you you definitely had strength of schedule on your side, right? Like th- that was definitely, you were definitely strong enough. Com- but there's a there was one stat that jumped out at me, which is like, it doesn't matter because you can't make it make it happen you were 0 for 6 against ranked teams now i didn't know if that meant ranked nationally or regionally or what but it was like oh yeah. and six and i'm like you gotta carry a couple of those somehow you know? yeah it's crazy especially with the ties now yeah being a thing um yep. we didn't need to we didn't need to win them all um but we needed to be a 500 in that number and then yeah. i think we have a legit shout but oh and six versus regionally ranked opponents is what that that number yeah, was yeah. not going to do it and we knew it's not going to do it we had to pick up more of those games and um yeah so that, that was kind of a challenge of the season as well mm-hmm. that like not only would we needed to pick them up but we needed to pick up the right two yeah. wins or two ties and Again, I don't feel like we were that far off, um, but when you don't get the results, you know, obviously you yeah, got to yeah. question and look as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. Do you, do you think? Do you? I mean, did anything, or did that surprise you? Not the tale of two seasons, but how you were able to sort of morph into that second half of the season that surprised you about um, this team, or is there something else? Can I surprise me in the way of well? didn't surprise me in the way of we have a competitive group that I think is capable of winning games. Like I believe that the whole time, like talented competitive group, but they're like, if I'm talking internally about our group, their resilience to like drop some of those results early, some of the bigger games early. I mean, you, you think the two first who came out regionally ranked at the end and NCAA tournament teams that we played um, was Mary Washington Catholic in the first five games of the season. And we dropped both those results and like, those are games that we know are going to be very challenging. We put on the schedule intentionally, but for our like confident group to drop those games and to not go like, oh, season's over, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we we didn't win them, and like yeah. for us to just keep move, moving on and plugging along. Um, again, I I thought we had it in us, but then to actually show is still like you know makes me proud and like uh, i think we, we we kept pushing on past us and sticking yeah. to sort of some goals that we set before the season which are hard to come back off of when yeah. you're rolling which are let's get better every day let's try yeah. to reach our potential by the end you know some of our fifth year guys even came with some goals internally mm-hmm. and, and throughout the team that just happened to say like let's just make sure we're having fun throughout the season don't let it overwhelm us like we came back yeah. easy to say during preseason yeah. when we're having team meetings and all that yeah. stuff but when you're hitting those games and the results aren't going your way, yeah. um, it becomes much more challenging. So yeah. again, you know, if we had to do it all over again, you know, we kind of tinkered or drastically changed some things tactically in about the midway point, and it mm-hmm. seemed to pay a lot of dividends for us. Maybe we figured that out a little bit earlier. Some of those early uh, versus you know bigger games, if you will, maybe I think we can take. But I, I thought we were capable of them either way. It just didn't go our way. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that to uh, to that to that originally ranked you know issue that we yeah, had. Yeah, this year. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just looking at your. I mean, look, and they were not easy games, right? You know, Catholics a handful. Mary Washington. What are you going to say about Mary Washington? Yep. Virginia Wesleyan and Washington and Lee. Those are your. Those are four losses right there. Those are not. 
Those aren't by any stretch of the means. Is like, do do I think you're a terrible team because you lost to those four? <laughs> you know, or yeah, you know that right. those are you know what I mean? And and then what? Lynchburg and Emory. Yeah, um, I think maybe those last two, right? And Lynchburg was really good this year, and, and yep. so. But yeah, those two of those games turn you on a dime, right? Like you suddenly For looks sure. at very different. It's a very different Roanoke season than 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 it was. Um, let let me ask you the question that your boss is always going to ask you, or that's a boss like question. I'm not a boss. I don't know why, but um, <clears throat> the the question I like to ask is, how do you think you were as a coach? Oh man. Uh... We we can I we can clip say. this if you want. No, <laughs> yeah. no, oh look, the audio is getting all bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. My boss, who was my former coach, and is uh, just announced his retirement from being the athletic director at Rhode oh, wow. College, uh, told me that he thought this was my best job ever. That being oh, wow. said, I felt that it was though it was my worst job ever. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Yeah, okay, yeah. I felt like this was this was. I wouldn't say my worst job ever, but my toughest job ever, yeah. you know, the most challenging again, dealing with like, um, just expectations that weren't met, especially early in the season from our group. And I think that like, again, I'm really pleased and proud of the players to resolve to come out of it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's some things that I think we did very well. Um, we, we trained our three, five, two last spring in the thought that we might use it, but we didn't enter the season with it. We went to Spain in a preseason trip. We didn't really use it there either. So maybe I was late to the party on having the, the courage to flip the system, which when we did, we won out, I think nine out of our last 11 games or eight out of our last 10 games, something like that. Um, so, so from that standpoint, I can look at myself kind of either way with that, like maybe have the courage to, to figure it out earlier um, or potentially um, you know, credit myself for saying like, this is what we got to do to, mm -hmm. to keep the thing moving and get to where we want to be at. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I could look that either way. I'm rating myself. I mean, I'm always going to take the, take the hardest criticism that anyone can give. That's, uh, I think the nature of a coach and me personally is like, it does come down to when results aren't there to me yeah. and what we can do. And so in that resolve, you know, seven losses and not winning those big games comes to me. But again, yeah. I, I do think we were able to steer the ship. I give a lot of credit to the staff as well. I got my right-hand man sitting to my right side right here, Sheldon Blue, one of our assistants. Just like our, My assistant crew did a fantastic job with our guys, my leadership group, to, to mm -hmm. keep it moving and get to the point where we were at the end of the season, which I felt very strongly about. Yeah, I would just say, like to your point, it, you were close, you know? Like, none of these games are blowout games to me. Like, your one-goal difference is, and I don't know the situations, except for a Catholic, but that, yeah. It's it, it's almost like you were there, right? And you were you were right there. Um, all right, so, what, what do you, where, what do you think is up, what, what's what's sort of your thinking now for next season, right? Especially since you transitioned now, or you, you experience that transition from in how you play and and sort of the yep. results there. I mean, is it something that now you're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, or is it you're gonna double down on what what you know and what you've sort of been playing for so long? 
I mean, I think stick to the guns as far as this, like culturally, the way that we run the program. Somebody, if they would ask us what our identity is, maybe we, mm -hmm. maybe we were searching a little bit on the field, but like in terms of like culture and like the way that we go about our business, what we ask of the guys, I don't mm -hmm. think that like necessarily changes too much because at the end of their careers, they're still coming in here and going great experiences, like, uh, uh, proud to be part of the program. Like, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 feedback that we're getting, we're graduating big classes. We're not, yeah. we're not rotating through players. You know, guys are developing during their time here. Mm -hmm. um, enjoy their experiences. Like culturally, I think like there's things that we take that, that will persist. I, I do. I mean, and the stats are kind of, that we keep are kind of evident to it. Like I'm always trying to pick up things that will be like persistent each year and like developed on. Um, and then new things that either, you know, consistent or continuous improvement and learning specifically. Um, I think like my own personal, like ability to maybe adapt uh, system will be, I don't know, maybe be a little bit more willing to take risk. This was a little bit of feedback. We all came together with at the end of last season was like, mm -hmm. Hey, maybe we need to like find a ways to, to like, you know, not be, not be fearful of taking a little bit of risk in certain moments. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, we did that successfully, especially towards the end of the season, mm -hmm. um, in, in mostly in just through changing the system that we played um, midway through the season. So I think we'll be a little bit more like willing to work to what fits our personnel as opposed to try to like punch them into certain things. That being said, I also think like the way that we play, it doesn't really change all that dramatically um, in either system. It was just mm -hmm. a matter of like, you know, where the players lined up and like how yeah. they felt about that and some like combinations and things like that too. So uh, again, probably, probably um, same thing we've always done, which is take positives and continue them, build them into the culture on and off the field. And then like find ways of a continuous improvement. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I could go deeper into it, but it's essentially, like we got better with the ball as the season went on this year. Like we were able to like, I'm not going to use the word dominate, but like, like um, put our, put our uh, stamp on the game with mm -hmm. the ball at our feet as the season went on. Yeah. I would say my early teams at Roanoke were very like, were a lot more like that. Okay. But we mm -hmm. were like losing big games back in 13, 14, 15 and 16 mm -hmm. to We'd have all the ball. We'd lose on two restarts in the yeah, big yeah. games, in the big yeah. ones. Okay, yeah, so yeah. there was some adaption, I think, for me as a coach and for our program through 17, 18, 19, which culminated into a great season in 17 and in 19. 19, we got the at-large bid into the NCAA tournament. Um, had a fantastic season, and wasn't that we were poor with the ball, but we were like a little risk adverse in terms of how we played. Like we yeah. weren't going to put ourselves in too much problems, especially in the defensive or midfield third with the ball. Yeah. And um, I think that kind of bit us last year with our ability to, I use the word dominate. I'm not saying that we dominated anyone, but like, but be on the front foot with the yeah, ball yeah. in the not big games. Okay. Yeah. So we tied some games that I thought we, you know, I think we got more guys than they got and mm -hmm. tied or lost some games last season that, um, I, you know, I'm thinking we ought to be able to break these guys down with the ball and we're not doing it. Again, it's on me. So we had a, last spring was about how can we get goals in the run of play? 
Yeah. How can we, um, how can we rest on the ball? How can we, uh, like, uh, find more ways in those games when teams are sitting deeper on us to make sure that we come out with results? Yeah. Throw a bunch of things. I think that that, um, that did come true this year. I mean, we, we were able to like, like find goals in those types of games. It flipped back again though to now where the big game goes where it's a margin of a of a of a restart goal was the ones that we you know, like the margin yeah. of a restart goal being the difference, I think flipped back again. So kind of balance of both yeah, yeah, yeah. and continue yeah. to improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. Like it's it is funny, like hey, if I it's like if I you flip this lever, you the other lever flips down, you're right. And you're just trying to like, okay, no, this one, this one, this, and get the perfect combination, which is always, I mean, that's the rub, right? Like, how do you, how do you adjust one thing to be better in that area without being neglectful in another area? And yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. That's the nature of nature of the beast. All right. Let me um, ask you some rule changes or about the rule changes. So, and you only had two ties. So I, I'm just curious about the over no overtime do you, i mean do you have any thoughts on it do you think it was an issue for you or do you think I, yeah go, we'll i don't it like there. it i didn't like the switch i voted against it for whatever our votes were worth when they uh-huh. at least asked us what we were thinking through survey um yeah. i like the overtimes i think it's i'm maybe uniquely college soccer and so you know i i, I think when we had to break it to our guys the changes they were like what are, we, what are we doing here, coach? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do you, you can't be serious. Um, I was a little bit surprised that, at least in terms of ours, we've had some like crazy tie seasons when even when we had the overtime. So it was probably right. some of the data that helped them allow the people who wanted it to push it through. I mean, we had right. five ties, I think, last season. We've had yeah. a couple other seasons. We had like four in league one year, yeah. you know. So um, to have less in a year where there wasn't any overtime, um, uh, kind of surprising to me. I'm waiting for somebody. I'm not going to be the guy to do, do this because I have already <laughs> worn myself uh, thin and our staff thin with the data that we collect on ourselves and our opponents. But I am anxious to see whoever does it, uh, whether there was more ties this year, you know, mm-hmm. like to take everything and see if there was yeah. more ties this year. Um, but again, I was sort of against the rule change and I still would stick to that now. I would prefer to have played overtimes. Um, I understand the NCAA is trying to say, you know, or whoever player safety. I get that. I mean, I think there's some other setups that they allow us to play in or have us play in Division Three that aren't in consideration of that anyway. So, yeah. um, to play 20 more minutes to give these guys an experience to find a winner, I, I think, um, or players to find a winner that uh, I'd rather have it. So. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of one of the things we t- I talked to coach brandon bianco at at denison as you're and you're traveling there denison yeah yeah um and he's part of that rules committee in the ncaa i don't don't know the what's it called but um we had talked a little bit about extending expanding the season by 10 to 12 days so like a you get to report a week earlier. The tournament starts a week later, and um, now is that something that you would you could get behind? I, I'm I'm more curiosity. Like, does that you think that helps more than no overtimes? I would be 100 percent in favor of any of that. Any additional stuff that we could get 
to, in mm-hmm. terms of time with yeah. our players in our extension of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. I think preseason time for sure. Um, obviously, you're going to battle against trying to find 420-some-odd schools that all have to incur mm-hmm. that budget increase to have players on yeah, campus yeah. for more time. I mean, I think that's probably the deciding factor more than anything, honestly. Yeah. It. But, um, yeah, more time to just expand the season so you're not – the games aren't jammed in. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to get the games. It's hard to get enough games, um, and not put yourself in like a really challenging situation. And you know, until this year, even to the Final Four, with the exception of the Final Four that they gave that day rest, you're still the comeback's always going to be. Well, when you're in the tournament, you're going to play back to back anyway. So yeah, yeah, we'll be all about doing it early. But you know, there's some seasons where we'll play five games in like eight days to start the year. If we're playing yeah. tournament, midweek tournament, yeah. we have to get those tournaments on the weekend in order to yeah. play the teams we need to play and, and um, get the games we need to get in before our conference yeah. starts. So yeah, I'm in favor of anything that stretches the season. I mean, I doubt this will, there is some talk about, I think I'm not on the rules committee. I'm, this isn't my soapbox yeah. per se, but um, uh Giving us more days in the spring or like expanding it between the two yeah. will never be the two season model that Division yeah. One is going after. But yeah, I would appreciate more days in the spring and a little yeah. bit more time in the fall if we could oh, get yeah. I really love an extra exhibition in the spring. I mean, I think that would do wonders for us. I'd actually cut a couple practices if we could get one more opportunity to play mm-hmm. outside competition yeah, in the spring. Yeah. All right, um, that's interesting. I got to look at the spring. I never concentrate on the spring because I always thought it was uh, you get a few weeks, you get a couple games, and yeah. that's it. And I never thought about the importance of of the of the of the springtime. Um, that I, I will say it is it is interesting. I looked at a Mount Union. I looked at their schedule and I said, "Oh, what if you had a week extra time?" And I stretched yeah. it out, and I was surprised at how much more spread out your your game schedule ends up being where you suddenly drop, I think it was like three midweek games because you have now the time to sort of do on the, just, you know, weekend to weekend. And, you know, and, and I think you actually get, you know, maybe an extra week. Like it's, I forget how, how it ended up working out, but I was like, man, it's not just the fact that you're adding five days or seven days is what I did. Um, it's sort of the flexibility now that you have within yeah. your, your, your calendar, because you don't, like you said, you don't right now, you don't have that flexibility. Yeah. You're, you're, you're damned if you do damned, if you don't, if you don't play enough games and your strength of schedule isn't there, you're not going to make the t- tournament. Yep. Right. And, and then if you, if you fill up your calendar to, with the strength of schedule, you, you run the real risk. That'd be you better be deep. You better yeah. be deep. You better stay yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, by mid, on place by mid season, you you're you could have a team half of your team in the in the training room, right? Like yeah. they're just that's just the nature of it. And and I think that's to me the big thing is just the adding is nice, but the flexibility is even nicer. Yeah, you can you can really go gung ho that first couple weeks in the in the fall. And then just taper yourself throughout and think, okay, I got to get the tournament time. How? What's my best way to do it? And so, I don't know. I, I was, I was really, how thought out it was. I, I, I really liked the idea. I think it would be really helpful. And I don't think it would be that much more expensive because, right? 
the two the two season model is out. I mean, that's not yeah. even realistic to talk about, right? Um, that's going to happen in Division no, Three, but no. yeah, you know, maybe a little bit of time on the back end or some on the front end. Yeah, the front end costs a little bit more just because right, you're not right. In school yet. You're not in school. That's exactly what I thought. Like, oh, that. What's yeah. the problem? Oh, it's another week, and so what does yeah. that equate to? But, um, yeah. Um, all right. I, I one question I didn't ask you: Who's going to win the World Cup? Ooh, this is a good one. This heck of a game. Um, France, England, France. Um, Brazil, Brazil. Okay, boo. There. Yeah. <laughs> We're done with this interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's been amazing. I was so anti. Uh, I was so anti. Change it from the summer till uh, now until. Thanksgiving holiday week, yeah. you know, other than other than being on the road recruiting on the Saturdays, Friday, Saturday, Sundays yeah. each time and trying to watch games on your phone, the, the weekday, wake up at 7, watch the first game, <laughs> head to the office, watch the second game at 10, and then um, catch the, the, the matinee at 2. It's been, it's been amazing, and the games have been amazing. I, I've, uh, I, I've been um, – I'm, I'm a bad sleeper. So I can I can wake up at just random times and just be like I'm up and so <clears throat> waking up at five in the morning to catch the very the first game you know has <laughs> been oh, I want yeah. some good games with coffee in the morning yeah, you know <laughs> um, all right can we talked a little bit about it but I'm curious again you you, you this. You got a stacked. The ODAC is pretty stacked, although it's it's weird in how you do your scheduling. I mean that respectfully, but um, like, and you made it to the you made it to the ODAC final against Washington and Lee two one close. Like, what can you can you just talk about that game? How you think you guys were doing? What I mean, did you? And I, I'm this is Washington and Lee, right? I'm giving them a ton of credit because I think yeah, they're sure. outstanding soccer, and um, Coach Singleton does a great job. But um, like, did, did like how in it do you think you were? I mean, again, I, I'll, I'll be real honest. Trent, uh, on the day, I think it was like a, I'd say a very even game that uh, the kind of margins were thin and could have gone either way. Um, yeah, so I think we were every bit in the match, and um, uh, yeah, I think we did some good things. And there, there, to your to your point, I mean, I give them a ton and ton of respect. It's it's mm -hmm. not you know overselling what they've been able no, to do not at all. both in our league and then also nationally um, yeah. each year. They're they are very good and challenging to play against. Um, I'll say this: we've we've beaten them with a lot less of the game in our favor in the last five years and we've had draws with them where a lot less of the game was in our favor yeah. you know than the final was this year yeah. um and they've also given it to us you know a couple times as well so it's always a, a great battle um what i thought we were able to do i mean they make it hard to play uh in terms of they press really well um and they have fantastic attacking players and it's not I don't want to give the whole scatter report on them to the rest <laughs> of the country, but, but they're, you know, they're, they're, 
their risk reward with the ball and their defensive third is they're pretty calculated with what they're doing to get it yeah. into your end. And um, they put you under a lot of pressure in that way. I mean, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll drop diagonals on you until you show that you can handle it or you stretch. And if you do that, then they'll find central players or yeah. wide players to join forward. So in that way, it, it, it just creates a bunch of challenges. And I think in some of the previous matches that we have played against them, we've been tremendous in our like defensive third defending and we've gone at it in that way. Um, mm. uh, like gritty and, and tried to like expose them maybe a little bit more for like their balance in the back. Um, sometimes to with success and sometimes without yeah, success yeah. to like counter and like, you know, when they're throwing numbers forward, um, that's a large task to even defend them, even with guys behind the ball this year. Again, we, we kind of came on this, mid-season where let's live and die a little bit with the ball at our feet maybe more so than than you know trying to mm -hmm. defend and sort of hang in maybe that specific game and i thought we were able to do that we were able to like play through their pressure a lot more and we were able to um i don't want to call wear the pressure out but i definitely felt pretty good in 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 the, the, the last 20 minutes of the the first half and then you know, moments in the second half as well in that final where where uh, we were able to do what we wanted with the ball a little bit more mm -hmm. so than maybe in other games. And so, um, yeah, I think that was effective for us. Again, like it came down to, you know, I would say a pretty special moment from them with 30 seconds left to, to, to find the winner. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I don't, my personal opinion is I don't feel like it was a game that could have very easily gone the other way and it would have been mm -hmm. a fair result either way for either group to, uh, yeah. to come away with it. I noticed too, like that, one of my favorite players, uh, Michael Kutzenzira, I mean, involved in both goals, like just a remarkable ball player. Like, you know, guy's tough to shut down. But, um, yeah, it's a, I, I always – I noticed the – I didn't get to watch it, but I noticed the, the score. And, you know, Washington and Lee is one of those where you're like, for whatever reason, right or wrong, I'm like, this should – just, just four nothing every game, you know. You know, they put touchdowns and touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. To, to their quarterfinal and their semifinal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely you know they're capable, good attacking players. Um, again, our commitment to the way that we defensively, defensive third defend, I think is pretty good anyway. But mm. um, I don't, I didn't feel like that was going to be able to give us the best opportunity. I don't think we felt like that this year. That yeah. leaning on that, and so, um, so yeah. Again, I, I think there was maybe the difference in this match. Why I could, I mean, someone could disagree with me, but why my honest belief is that it was a pretty back and forth match that yeah, we had. Yeah. And um, again, you're talking about. I, I think we got some guys too, but I. Much respect for Coots and Zara. Yeah. Um, Sam Bass is another player that I yeah, Sam Bass think is fantastic for them. And yeah. uh, um, scored a pretty special goal. To, the first goal for them was a pretty special goal from their yeah. other, you know, one of their top attacking players. Yeah. So. Um, I will say we drove past it on the way down to you guys on the way to South Carolina. Um and saw the sign and I was like, Oh, I should just pull in. I should just pull in for, but we were running late already. So, um, I didn't realize you guys were that close to each other, relatively close to each other. Um, yeah, there's a nice little, a nice little, uh, 
obviously rivalry within our league, all the teams. Mm. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. We talked about this last time, but like Kansas City and Randolph-Macon have intense rivalry of football, yeah. I think, as well as all the sports. Like, but between like Roanoke, WNL, and Lynchburg, you know, there's different things in different sports. I think there's different things in other parts as well. Yeah. I mean, our president is always seems to be interested after the WNL game. You know, if we're, yeah, yeah. You know, President Maxey's greeted me before <laughs> after we've won up there on the bus when we get back, you know, like, all right, yeah, our former president. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think there's some things there with just our proximity to each other yeah, now, yeah, yeah. away yeah. from each other and yeah. uh, the histories of all of the sports yeah, yeah. makes it yeah. exciting. I mean, I think yeah, that's yeah. brilliant Division three athletics yeah. as well. Yeah, at its best, like, right? At its best. Yeah. That's it. Caps it right there. Um all right, so so you're my stat guy. You're you're the one when I say when anybody says statistics and I I basically point them to you because I think of anything that I've seen and other coaches may have may do this and but have never shared with me sort of their results or their underlying data and um but you, you, what you do following a season to sort of capture statistically what you think your 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 team's done is 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 pretty remarkable. So maybe maybe could you just at a very high level just talk a little bit about your use of stati- stat- uh, statistics, and then if there's anything like you sort of you you'd say you gleaned from um uh, that you gleaned from um that you gleaned from the, this year's statistics? Yeah. I mean, we, we track a bunch of different things. The most would be like efficient shots as uh, efficient shots created in a match. Mm-hmm. And we track that for ourselves and our opponents throughout the year. Um, and uh, that is like a, a calculation that we have like in-house based on mm-hmm. the world's um shot efficiency um, mm-hmm. with someone that, you know, a friend of mine has collected all of that. So those numbers typically don't like vary that much. Um, <laughs> don't vary that much in terms of the efficiency of what type of goals are scored, like where they are and what type of like um, traffic is between you and the goal and what zone you would, you would mm-hmm. score from. Um, you know, I, I guess the bigger question and the more important question is how to get the ball into that area and like what, like wh- how you're doing that with purpose. And mm-hmm. essentially, it ends up in the box and box entries is the is the answer to that. And mm-hmm. a million ways to do that, I guess, in the game of soccer, you could long throw it from midfield mm-hmm. and run the risk of trying to find a knockdown in there or create chaos, or you could find it by way of 15 passes that moves the other team and right. Um, it gets the ball into a high efficient scoring uh, spot. So, so we track that. Um, I'd say that's like one of the bigger ones. And then, you know, we talked about this last time. Um, that also helps us in defending, I think, as much as anything. So, like, kind of all these things that you know to be like intrinsically soccer, you would be, we would have numbers for them as far as like where to force a player or like what kind of numbers to get in a certain area between the shooter and the ball or like yeah, yeah, yeah. where we're like, where we're like confident that a, an opponent could take shots from where, where it would be, you know, there's, we could give up like a hundred sh- of shots in a season, but if they're from an area that 
to score at like less than one percent if defended properly it's going to be goalkeeper error or yeah. a deflection that gets it there um we could be okay with that so that that's that's one thing that we track and then we have some different things on uh restart efficiency which i don't think mm -hmm. i'm as well versed at still learning more and more about it mm -hmm. but i do think there's a piece in college soccer that that's important and then the bigger ones would be like these critical factors so we've tracked like the like um when the goals are scored in uh in terms of we call them critical moments like when mm -hmm. the goals are scored and yeah. we have ideas of you know 10 and 20 years of games and then also yeah. college soccer games and then uh, like how important like uh shutouts are obviously or like consecutive mm -hmm. goals or um, first goals things like that so those are some of the things that we would track and uh they pretty much meet the world's numbers as far as like tracking of other leagues as well mm -hmm. it's interesting so i'm going to ask you a question to opine on and it's a theory of mine not a theory i have some evidence to it um how I get dead balls. I, I think dead balls are different than corners, but I know a lot of teams place a premium on corner kicks um, as goal-scoring opportunities. I, I don't think corner kicks are as important as some may believe. Do you have any information or data that you collected on what you so, think are the value of that of them are? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Prove me right. In other words, that's all I'm saying. Prove me right. <laughs> yeah, I can go. Uh, I can go two ways with this. So, like, first other thing I'll say is there are people on the internet as well that do and for world soccer that know way, 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 way. So I could spit out a stat and somebody yeah. can come back at me and go, "That's not even what sure. it is." Um, I got my source who I trust and that's done a lot of this research, and then I have what we have tracked here, mm -hmm. and I and um. So, um, for restarts, corner kicks, I've been told that somewhere like in the world, it's somewhere around, uh, a highly efficient corner kick team would be scoring around like 12%. So like one out of every 10, um, and then a lower would be like around the 7% range. So mm -hmm. you still are, you know, scoring at one of those rates i haven't done our if you're good at it if you're good if you're good at it you would score one out of 10 corner kicks maybe a little higher than that maybe, maybe a little higher whatever that yeah. but roughly yep. okay um and so our i i haven't tracked our corner kicks this year specifically that number and i don't have our other numbers in but you know here but mm -hmm. we've we honestly have varied on either side of that like mm -hmm. here, like, but not far. So we've never been at like a one out of two corner kick. We score yeah. team since, you know, mm -hmm. since I've been here, or since I've been in college soccer. Um, what I do think what we, you know, this was a discussion in our office and we had a, an, our other assistant coach was doing a lot of this fact finding at some points this season, but he had found that like, you're actually not scoring on the first attempt at the ball on corner kicks anyway. Like, the majority of the corner kicks that lead to goals are on the second ball in the box. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like guy had to back across. Then yeah. he finishes it. I feel like a lot of college soccer coaches may know that better than I do. Cause we were seeing that a ton this year. Mm -hmm. um, just like float it to the back post, punch it back across. And now the second one is the one that scores. Yeah. So that was something that was interesting to me this season that we kind of like looked at. Cause we, we talked about that 
that uh, first part of the season where we didn't come away with some of the bigger game results in our mm -hmm. non-conference and some of them came down to restarts. Um, Catholic game was not one of them, but some, some of the other ones came down to restart goals one way or the other, and we were not scoring them. We were not mm -hmm. the recipients of them. We were thinking, you know, if, if, it's, if all things are equal, what is going to be the difference here? And yeah. if we're not executing, and we sort of found some more down the stretch, um, though we've never been, like, incredibly excellent at it. What I think it is is, so to, to your point, I don't think they score at a super high rate, but mm -hmm. um, for a team that's unable to get box entries in any other way, I think it still could come down to your most effective way to score off of a corner or a flank restart, which I would yeah, like yeah. to find something wide of the box. Or yeah. even in, I don't know, you know, I haven't watched as many Division One games as I maybe used to, but at least in college soccer and Division Three, there's many teams that if they get fouled at midfield, that ball's going the ball in into the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play him and it, Teams are good at creating chances off of that. And so, um, yeah, sometimes with those, uh, you know, there's been games where I'm like, yeah, don't foul around the 18 for sure. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. we want to keep our feet. We want to force them into bad shooting areas. But there's been some games that I've go, you can't foul anywhere in our half because that's <laughs> going to be the best way that they're going to create a box yeah. entry that could create problems for us. Yeah. So I think it's about box entries, like like the ability to get the ball into the dangerous zones yeah, more yeah. than it is like um, maybe specifically a corner kick. Yeah, the <clears throat> it's interesting you say that because there is I, I do I call them out and as much as it drives me nuts sometimes because it's again my you know offends my sensibilities as what I think soccer should be done how it should be done or played. Like there's there there are teams and I can call them out that are just good at chaos, right? They get the ball in the box and bodies are flying, balls yeah, yeah. bouncing, and there they are, bing goal, yep. right? And and they're like, <clears throat> that's what we wanted to do all along, right? And and you see them playing for that, you know, just get the ball into the doesn't matter. Like you said, long balls from. You know, midfield, long throws. I'm going to dump it into the box. Yep. Anything to create that, 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 that chaos. Um, you know, in your stats, one of the one things that jumped out at me that I was sh right because usually, you know, the idea of statistics is you see, you know, pat, you know, like there's a pattern. There's some, you know, there's. There's some correlation between one one thing and another, and that's how you sort of extrapolate. But the stats that I saw on scoring first stunned me for how I'll just say it, like at least in your case, right? And I gotta believe it's probably very similar across teams. What scoring first does for for a team? So maybe maybe you could talk talk about that a little. Yeah, like since we've been tracking it, since I've been here at Roanoke, we, I tracked it at other schools as well. But this is the data from us since we've been tracking it here at Roanoke since 2013 when I um, became head coach. We, we're, I think we're at like uh, 83, 2 and 7. So 83 wins, 2 losses and 7 ties if we score first in the game, which is it's crazy. It makes my head spin a little bit thinking about it. Um, one of those two losses 
was this year. So it was against Virginia Wesleyan. So we're talking about like originally ranked game. Yeah. Uh, had a great battle with them, um, sort of mid-season, early part of our conference season. Got a goal 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in, somewhere in the midway point of the first half, and ended up conceding two goals in the last like seven to eight minutes um, to lose two to one. But um, uh, it's, it's interesting that we've gone that long in, in again, 80 wins, two, 83 wins, two losses, and seven ties. If we get that first goal, I mean, I have some, I have some theories on it. I've given it a decent amount of thoughts over the year. I obviously always joke. Uh, with people that I talked about, I'm not. We don't stop playing, and I don't stop coaching once we get the goal. But <laughs> I, I think some of it has to do with some of it has to do with like like our ability with the ball. Like once you get a goal, the other team has to come in and stretch you a little yeah. bit. And if you're not playing in chaos in those moments, yeah, then you can you can be on the front foot of the game. Okay, I think that's yeah. one piece of it. And so I think we've been semi successful at that. The second one is more a chaos piece like we talk about match management here like a lot and so i'm using other people's errors in match management we're watching games all over the country in college soccer different divisions but mostly in division three and going like hey this can happen this is this is what we need to consider in our match management you know i have a um this includes clock stoppages late in games it includes um uh, uh, you know, safety versus risk in certain uh-huh. moments of games yeah. and, and, and such. So I, I think that those are some things that um, that we're well aware of. And I'm not saying that's not impossible for us to blow a lead as we did in that match. But right. generally speaking, if we get that first goal and get on the front foot with the match management knowledge that we have, you know, I, I have one that when, when I was at Denver, we were playing, I believe it was Creighton. And um, I had a video of our goalkeeper with the ball with five seconds left in the game and it hit their post before the yeah. buzzer sounded. So I know you can get it from one end to the yeah. other in five seconds, unless that scorekeeper's finger was like yeah. slow. It, it, so it makes you go like the games are never over until yeah. the horn goes. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably a bit of like maybe match management things that we are like constantly pushing them on in their like college soccer specific match management things. Um, mm somewhat and then also maybe like just like our ability to play on the front foot um when a team has to stretch a little bit more um those are two things but yeah it's pretty incredible i i would imagine that number would still be very high i maybe not Mm -hmm. as high as this for most programs if you get that Mm -hmm. first goal and um yeah it was bizarre it was a a hurtful second this year when we we dropped that game again uh some of it comes to this too you know you have that goal lead and uh and maybe this year more than maybe in the past, if um, you don't have the overtime, you know, like depending on what people want to do, like the, the amount of like risks they're going to take to try to get yeah. that point in league. So there are some moments when we're like, like they're throwing so many numbers forward, they're either going to score or we're going to have to get yeah. a second. Like, yeah one of those yep. two things and yeah. there's not really like a coaching tactic that you know no. at that moment i mean i was looking at our, our conference semifinal was a bit like that even with a two-goal lead like felt we were in c- good control of the match um against hampton sydney but it's zero zero at half and we, we, we crack one open one zero and then we get we get get a second but even then like the last 10 minutes of the game is just insanely scrappy because like it's like 
their numbers are so high and mm -hmm. um, again unless you can make them pay through possessions in the end or counters that lead to chances or goals more specifically you're going to have to make some plays in your defensive third and your goalkeeper is probably going to have to make a play and you're probably going to have to defend some restarts and shots. So. Yeah. The, um, I, I'm, I'm, it, it would be interesting for me to look at. So a team like you, like Roanoke who likes to possess the ball Scoring that first goal, how important it is, right? Because what do you think? Your confidence goes up. The other team has to come out of whatever defensive posture that they were contemplating because they got to get another goal. So that spreads out space. If you're if you are into possession, how much easier it is to sort of dictate the game. I'd be curious about those teams that sort of, you know. It's chaos 24-7 with them, right? Like where they're not so concerned about possession. Their idea is how do you get it up top? How do you battle it out? And I wonder if that would still hold for them because I always find that those teams don't have a their – game, their, their strategy for game management is scoring a second goal and a third goal and a fourth goal on you and, and not so worried about – Sheldon can say hi. You know. <laughs> you're gonna shout, shout out. Um, so um, yeah, I'd be curious to to just statistically look at that because that would, like I said, I think I always say this is this is my thing, and I and this is a terrible analogy, but that's the way I do it. It's like when a when when you can get a soccer game to break out, the team that that's that knows how to possess the ball better is gonna win. And I think usually what ends up happening is in a chaos game, it's harder for the team with possession, right? Who likes possession because they're not accustomed to the chaos. And then once they, if they do score, so if you do score, you sort of are able to settle in into the way you like to play. Yeah, um, I think there's definitely again, that's a theory of mine. There's definitely something to that. And I mean, I think that the, the, the maybe issue against that is that, that the division three yeah, well, college soccer is a chaos game in general. Like the yeah, yeah. majority is a chaos game. I mean, even somebody who feels that they're not and prides yeah. himself on it, you're, you're still you're still playing in transition for most yeah. of the moments. I mean, yeah. just with the way that it is and the subbing and the pressing that you can have. And um, yeah, I think there's something to that. I mean, I the the other thing is like you know a team that's very defensively organized and is willing to get numbers behind the ball at this level, uh, it, it's hard to get a goal in the run of play against them. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Stevens in the semifinal. Again, I don't know a ton about any of those teams. I, I hadn't seen anybody but Mary Wash play maybe more than once on the season. Yeah. I thought Sh Chicago was fantastic. Congrats yeah. to them on the championship. I thought it was well-deserved based on what I saw in the semifinals um, of the four teams. But, like, you know, Stevens, like, commitment to defending, I don't know if this is how they always are, if Chicago kind of pushed them into it, but it's like, how are they going to get a goal? And this is even with them creating some chances. How are they yeah. going to get a goal with yeah. their, like, commitment and structure, like, behind the ball? And you go, in those games, like, for us, even if we're on that other side, the Chicago side of it, we're like, it might have to ha come in a, in, a, in a restart, you know, yeah, because yeah. we're not going to have the, the number advantage yeah. potentially in the – 
the box where they're just going to have bodies and numbers there and and not allow us to even get the ball there to begin with. So um, I think there is something to that as well. Like, you know, you can commit to defending, but once the goal is scored, you have to kind of change the shell. If you are committed to defending, and you can kind of hang in any any type of game, really. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Well, uh, I think, like, I'm going to catch a lot of stick for this. I'll get, like, two emails uh, about it. But, um, like... Williams' commitment to defending is what got them to where they were, and and I and yeah, they they eked out goals. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying. I mean, they were much better in the tournament than they were during the regular season in terms of getting goals. And right, and yeah, and that that so like that works. But then you start to want there is that. Like, hey, your defensive posture is awesome. Like, I'm not taking anything away. But even against Chicago, there were moments where it's like, yeah, they might have a look at goal, but you're like, where are you going to score? Yeah. You know, because you're so – and Stevens is the perfect – that game against Chicago, I think they were forced into it, to be honest with you. I've seen them a few times, and they do like to own the ball a little bit more, and they'd like to get out forward, and they like to get on the attack. They like to get with – all of those things, but I just think Chicago was too, too tall of an order. Once they got rolling in that second half, like there wasn't anything Stevens was going to be able to do except for defend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, I understand maybe they had a top player, attacking player, yeah. that kind of caught an injury as well. So yeah. you know that changes things. And that, that is the other thing. I mean, if you've got a ten plus goal scorer. Yeah, who's out in your in your yeah. group at any point? You, you yeah, threatening. It wasn't the you know, fifteen minutes left. I'm going. Stevens can take this game. Yeah. Be oh sure. Great college soccer game. You know they yep. they, they they threatened enough um, when they had moments, uh, yep. but then at the same time, again, when you just look at like you know, efficient chances created. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just. Thought their structure was good defensively, and yeah. um, probably like to threaten more. But Chicago again, very good yeah. as well. All right, la- last question or last observation from your stats, and then we can. I'll let you get on with your day. Or um, there's a in your in, in your stats book that you sent me. Um, it's just, it's quoted. We were better offensively and defensively in a three-five-two versus a four-three-three. Maybe we could talk about that a little. Yeah, I mean that was what the the systematic change shift that we that I alluded to earlier in uh, in conversation. And um, essentially, we had had you know we have played out of like a four-two-three-one or four-three-three last year. Yeah. subsequent years and um, sort of in the spring last year flirted with this 352 it seems to be a trend a bit this year I saw more of them on the other side uh, opponents than we've seen in than I've seen in years and so um, but we really didn't Im- implore it unless we were chasing a game until mm-hmm. maybe about midway through our season and you know our stat numbers are crazy once we got to it I mean I'm mm-hmm. still coming up with some whys I think Personnel-wise, it matched our guys a little bit better. We got a guy really cooking up top. Um, Harrison Cross ended up getting the rookie of the year for our conference, scored mm-hmm. the majority of his goals in that second half. I think some of our other attacking players were able to like support the system a little bit better. But I think we scored 31 goals, and uh, 
26 of them were in the 3-5-2, and we played about about the same amount of games and minutes in the two systems throughout the season. Wow. Um, so I believe six for the other system. Uh, mm -hmm. There are restart goals sprinkled in there as well. Um, yeah, and that was just an observation that I, I got to deal with just to figure out, like, again, what sort of system fits our personnel best. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, for this year, that's what it was. And once we got to it, I, again, I felt that we were – we were a good team prior, but we were a lot better of a team once we moved to it. And I think the players, um, you know, probably half buy into something a little different when the when the when goals aren't going in or results aren't coming sort of early in some of those big games. And then half it fits our players um, personnel wise a little bit better. And yeah. Um, so yeah, between the two things. That was where that came from, and that's where how the stats played out. It's just we just yeah. scored more and conceded less once we got there. We so, yeah. That's interesting. I, I've been saying for a while that I don't think 4-3-3 is old, but I do think 4-3-3 has been used by a lot of people and a lot of coaches. And I almost think like you start, it's time, It's people are starting to think of different ways to adapt to a game instead of necessarily the 4-3-3. I'm a fan of 3-5-2. Just because I just think it, I like the idea of outnumbering um, guys in the midfield. Like we own, it's hard. It always struck strikes me as hard watching the games. Like I don't think it's a thing. I just think it's hard for teams to understand how important it is that you always want to be a man up in sec sections of the field, and it's hard to do, right? Like you're you're running and you're trying to support and all that stuff. Whereas when you get a three-five-two, you sort of have that natural balance of guys throughout the field and um, closer to the goal, obviously, and all that. So yeah, I think that's what it was for us. I mean, like in terms of like creation of overloads to create space to sort of get the ball where you want to get it. Um, essentially, the, I think the most beneficial one for us was like between our two forwards and like whoever was playing sort of our, our higher 10 role or like attacking midfielder role was like when we got into a moment and I think we scored half our goals. We also track like where the goals come from and like half of them were mm -hmm. in of the goals in the run of play. Half of them were in transition and half of them would be like what I just generically called the build, which would be transitionally be like three passes or less after we win a ball. And generally speaking, mm -hmm. like 40 to 60 yards from goal, like, like yeah. we pressed to score or create yeah. an efficient shot versus like through our, our um, movement and shifting of the other group to combine yeah. to create the chance. So, you know, we scored in the run of play. Um, some in the transitional moments, some in the run of play, but either way it was like just the numbers right in that central goal scoring area. Like, so even yes. if we arrived wide with the ball, it was like, it was like one more guy than we would have had usually, or two yeah. more guys than we would have usually, or if we turn the team over, like um, in like our, I mean, I got some good efficient chance creation clips, both the winter goals and also missed chances where we're able to turn them over. And like we had a high target that was right there and another guy running off. And yeah. pushing the path line. So I, I just think like the numbers yep. for us, like the numbers centrally helped us to just be threatening both when we turn teams over as well as when we created some sort of overload or space yeah. in the wide areas. Yeah. Whereas for our group with, the one early in the season in the four three three, it was like getting our attacking central midfielder or ten or if we were playing like with 
10 and 8, like getting them yeah. there to join or the weak side wing. It's just a tall yeah. order sometimes. At least yeah, that's what yeah. it was for us. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's just hard. And again, it, it's, I think it's a lot of teams. It's just hard to get the numbers forward necessary to to get a sustained attack effectively. And, and you know, so. Um, all right, Coach. Hey, I want to thank you for this. Really do appreciate it. Really enjoy talking to you. Again, it was great yeah. meeting you in person. And, um, um, yeah, this was great. We'll have to connect again at some point and talk some more stats. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. I'm, I'm always open to it. I appreciate it. Again, what you're doing for promotion of the Division Three game especially. And uh, it's good to meet you in person. And yeah. you know, all the best with the rest of the uh, – the, the podcast and the, the coaching. Thank you. So, yeah, anytime. Thanks. And tell Sheldon the next time I see him at PDA, I will buy him a cup of coffee. <laughs> no, I wasn't Thank sleeping you. under. Wasn't sleeping under a tree, was he? He was watching no, the game, right? He was like, yeah. <laughs> no, he was goofing around somewhere, you know. Like this guy. Somewhere. I mean, these guys, <laughs> credit all these guys. I, I saw him, you know, like the credit all these guys. Yeah. The assistant coaches at this level, man, these guys are grinding, and yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, you know, to be fair, he 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 comes down with me to South Carolina. We we watch the Final Four semifinals here and do yeah. our role as as host. We jump in the car after the second game's over, drive to Greer, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, recruit there for two days. We come back Saturday night. He's got to wake up Sunday morning, 4 a.m. and drive to Williamsburg to coach his club team in another recruiting event Sunday yeah. for an 8 a.m. kickoff. You know, and then nice. stays and recruits that event. So, um, yeah, credit to these guys. They're they're. Uh, okay working hard that, for the, that's for the what that's game. why you pay him all the money you do right yeah, that's like that's right. the it's big wild. bucks yeah, that's that is the big bucks <laughs> yeah. yeah actually i saw him as well he watched um he watched one of our games there and i should have said hello but there's like there were like 75 coaches around and i think he was huddled up with a bunch of your um your your enemies on the fields like you know he was talking to those guys so yeah I, uh, unfortunately for me i got about i got about six former players that are assistants or head coaches yeah. at other colleges now and Great. several of them in my league and to be fair that doesn't help tournament this year i had to face Patrick Bain was the associate head coach at Hampton Sydney is a former Roanoke player great player here actually you can probably see his picture or feet on a picture above feet. me right there yeah yeah um and then uh fortune sabanda was a fantastic player here at roanoke and he is assistant at bridgewater college so the first Come two rounds now. of the tournament i'm facing former uh players and uh we have another one palani maloshua who's at lynchburg as an assistant if we had faced them in the final it would have been a three for three um with I, that so i just i think you first. gotta i think you gotta have some revolving door policy like if you have to wait five years before you can come back into the league once you graduate you know yeah. like <laughs> I, would, I would i would uh, i would be for that vote for sure <laughs> all right coach again thanks a lot really do appreciate it all right If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.